Um, we are continuing uh, in our series in the book of Hebrews uh, that we have called the superiority of Christ and um, how that uh, Christ is um, superior to everything uh, under uh, the old covenant and through the law of Moses and through those things. And um, we are going to be finishing up our first part of this uh, tonight, and we're going to be moving on to something else still within the book of Hebrews. But we're going to Hebrews in ninth chapter. And verse 23 to 26, and I trust everybody has a handout sheet and try to make this uh, uh, simple and as easy as we possibly can and uh, fix it up in such a way that you know what I'm going to be bringing out before you and also you have an opportunity on on these handouts to as we teach uh, to uh, uh, answer some questions in the review part to kind of help you to um, uh, retain uh, uh, better some of the things that we cover. But Hebrews chapter 9 and beginning at verse 23, this is what it reads like. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. And just let me stop right there to let you know we're going to be talking about a better sacrifice. Uh, and uh, that's what we, that's the pathway that we have uh, been taking, we've been going through. And uh, we're going to be talking about that better sacrifice tonight. In verse 24. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often, since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And that's what we're going to be talking about this evening, a better sacrifice. Some of these things that we have been talking about are really linked together really close, uh, and um, we have mentioned some things about this in previous uh, lessons over the past few weeks. We've approached the book of Hebrews by investigation of the repetitive use of the word better. And we know now that the writer of the book was appealing to the Jewish converts who were returning back or thinking about turning back to the precepts of the Old Covenant. And we told you back in the beginning uh, the reason why some were doing this was because of the heavy persecution that was going on 
in, uh, in the days of the early church, um, that the new covenant uh, is far better because the mediator of that covenant, and we're talking about Christ here, when we talk about the, uh, the mediator, uh, is superior to anything or anyone in the old. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, he uh, is superior to all of that. And in fact, as what we have said, most of the things that you find under the old law and the old covenant, you can, if you look and you know how to uh, relate it, amen, you can see where it points to Christ, amen, and to the work that he uh, uh, was going to be doing. Now, we're going to close out this segment of the study of Hebrews by talking about better sacrifice of the new covenant, which makes it all possible. So in our study tonight of a better sacrifice, we will be, we'll be closing down this segment, and we got something else we're going to, go, uh, we're going to continue and I'm, I'm excited about this. Uh, I really do feel like that we're going to glean much more from the book of Hebrews this way. Uh, we're going to be going back again, going back through Hebrews again. And uh, I'll just give you a little tidbit. There's something else that is uh, repetitive through the book of Hebrews. And... Um, it refers to the body of Christ, uh, the church of Jesus Christ. And uh, we're going to be talking about all the times you're going to find in the book of Hebrews where he says, let us. And this is going to be, I, I feel like, really um, exciting in some of the things that we're going to be talking about. And we will be starting that segment, which will be part two of our book of uh, Hebrews uh, uh, in, in the future. Um, Hebrews 9.26, it says, He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world, but now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hallelujah. I want to stop and tell you right now, church, when Jesus Christ comes again, he won't be riding a donkey. Hallelujah. He's going to be riding that white horse, brother, with the armies of heaven behind him. Glory. Hallelujah. My Lord, amen. They're not going to beat him this time. They're not going to put a crown of thorns on him this time. His side won't be pierced this time. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. He's coming back, amen, in the clouds of power and glory. Now, some people say, well, you know, um, that might not just happen that, that way. We may have that wrong, but I still believe what the book says. Old song we used to sing quite a bit. I believe he's coming back, as he said, like he said, hallelujah. Amen. I, I think about when they went out out of the city and they gathered on that hill and he talked to them and gave them the final words. And then as he was there, 
he began to rise and go up into the heavens and right on up into the clouds. And there they was, just standing, just looking. I can just imagine as the disciples was looking at that very last spot where they saw the bottom feet of Jesus as he disappeared in that cloud. About that time, two angels of God, amen, came and says, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into the heavens? Woo, glory! Because this same Jesus, not another, but this same Jesus, as you have seen him go away, shall come again in like manner. My, 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 hallelujah. And I believe that, church, and I believe it's a whole lot sooner than what most people realize. Hallelujah. Now, this better sacrifice, and where it talks about in verse 26 that we have read, it says, by the sacrifice of himself. I felt the need to go back and share with you something uh, out of the book of Genesis concerning this. Genesis chapter 22, verses 7 and 8. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and says, My father, and he says, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Now let me stop. Everybody who's uh, uh, read the Bible, you, you know this story and where it, it's taken from. It's when God uh, put Abraham to the test and told Abraham, I want you to take your only son, Isaac, and offer him up a sacrifice unto me. That had to be a, a, a grinching hard thing for Abraham, but he obeyed the voice of God. And he did what the Lord had said. And as they were going, they come to the place where they, and this is not in the scripture I have here, but you know the story. You know this. Um, Abraham told the rest of the, those that was in the caravan when he looked afar off, the Bible says, and saw the place that God had uh, instructed him on. He told everybody else in the caravan, he says, y'all wait here. He said, the lad, the lad and I are going to go yonder and worship. And what I like, man, is a statement of faith right there and shall return unto you. Oh, glory to God. You see, as the New Testament said, Abraham believed God enough that if God did let him take Isaac's life, he, got, he, he believed God was able to resurrect him. Hallelujah. Because he told those, those he left behind, he said, me and the boy are going yonder. We're going to worship. We're going to come back to you. Hallelujah. So as they were going... Isaac, uh, as being raised by his dad, um, he, he realized something was missing. I want to say right now that it's important for parents, amen, to raise their children in the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I don't understand. It's not... It, <laughs> I just don't understand when I hear parents, when you ask them when they come to, if they come to church and they've they got um, an eight or nine year old child, uh, oh, they're, they're, 
they're home today, but they didn't, they didn't want to come. Uh, I, I don't understand that concept. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. I'm old school, and uh, I've heard this statement more than once told, told me, and I'm sure some of you here tonight, some of you online, as long as you're under my roof. Hallelujah. There was not no option for me whether I can go to church or not go to church. I was taking the church. And that's another thing. We got some people will send their kids. You need to take them. Amen. You, you can tell the children who have been raised in the, in the precepts of the Lord. Uh, and it amazes me for those who won't do it, they come back later and they're all tore up and upset when they're teenagers. You know, my, my Susie, my Johnny just don't want to live right and don't want to go uh, serve the Lord. You've got to get it instilled with them. Hallelujah. Now, there's, there's a lot of uh, young people. They come to the time where they uh, feel their oats, so to speak, and they want to try something. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you instill in that child the truth, even though they might wonder a little bit, somewhere along the line, they're going to come back. Hallelujah. We've seen that, we've seen that in our own family. Amen. And uh, uh, my wife especially, she was, she was concerned really and, and, uh, about our, our son Ronnie those years that he was out, but I knew. See, God spoke to me, and he gave me a I, I went on a fast one time, and I was concerned about our three children because even back then, several years ago, I did not want to send our children to public schools back then. And it hurt me because we didn't have the finances to be able to put them in a private Christian school somewhere. So I was so concerned, I went on a fast, and I began to pray, and there was a hill outside our house. And I went up on that hill one night, late one afternoon, I took my Bible, and I was praying, and I was reading. And the Lord spoke to me, and he gave me a word. Hallelujah. And I knew, I knew even one kind of went out. I knew God had his hand upon him. I knew he was coming back. Now I got, And I got an added blessing on top of that. I never had a clue that God was going to call him in the ministry. I didn't have that clue. Praise the Lord. But I'm so thankful that all three of ours are in church working for God. All three of them are not here, but they are all in church somewhere, and that's what matters. Hallelujah. So Isaac, he had been taught the right way, and he knew that there was something missing as him and his dad was going up uh, to the place because Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, Father, said, here I am. He said, Behold the fire, we got the fire, we got the wood. 
But where's the lamb for a burnt offering? He knew that they had to have an animal for a burnt offering. And uh, verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. Uh, for a burnt offering, so they went both of them together. Brother Kyle, the story of Abraham and how God tested him is a milestone to the Old Testament because after this event, the relationship between God and Abraham had an eternal seal on it. Hallelujah. But within the narrative of this epic story was a prophetic word of the coming Christ, the Messiah, which many overlook. Hallelujah. You see, some people look at that verse 8 and says, God will provide himself a lamb. But I can, see a, I can see a prophetic word in that. I believe it was more than just that, that ram that they later found in the thicket. It was a prophetic word that God was going to provide a lamb for a sacrifice for all of our sins. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I submit for your understanding that the ram that was later found caught in the thicket was not the only reference to what Abraham said. It was a prophetic word pointing to the time which the writer of Hebrews spoke when he said, He has appeared to put away Amen, sin by the sacrifice of himself. When Jesus came on the scene, God had provided the lamb. Woo! My, 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 my. Hallelujah. Amen. There again we see the types and the shadows. Amen. In the Old Testament, things pointing to Christ. Now, we're going to do some more reading here in this ninth chapter. I'm going to point out a few things um, as we uh, 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 bring ourselves to the conclusion of our lesson for this evening. Hebrews 9, and we're going to go back to verse 6 and um, read down through verse 15. Now, when these things had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle, and the first part of the tabernacle here meant uh, the holy place, the first veil that they went to uh, uh, when they went in. That was um, uh, the first part of the tabernacle. Verse 7, but the second part, which was the holy of holies, the place where uh, uh, the ark of the covenant set, amen, the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, he carried blood with him, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. So it was only the high priest that could go in behind that veil Amen. And he went in carrying the blood of the sacrifice that had been slain out 
at the brazen altar in the outer court of uh, the tabernacle of Moses. Now let's continue to read. <laughs> the Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way of the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. You and I could not enter that most holy place. We could not go behind that veil. It was only for the high priest, and he only went behind once a year. And it was, there was not a way made for everybody to go in. Verse 9, it was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifice are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. That sacrifice could not make them perfect. It could not take away their sins. As I've said in the lessons prior, it only pushed them ahead. It only rolled them ahead. Kind of like what Congress does today, kind of kicks the can down the road for somebody else to worry about it later. Hallelujah. Amen. And that had to be a, a, a bad time. Every year you had to be brought up about every sin, every wrong that you ever committed because the blood of the bulls and goats that we read in previous lessons uh, could not take those things away. Verse 11, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come <laughs> with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Hallelujah. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Brother, that's why it was a better sacrifice. Hallelujah. And he didn't come carrying a blood of some animal or somebody else's blood. He come in carrying his own blood. Can you say amen? Glory. For the blood of bulls and goats and, and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanct uh, um, uh, defies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Let me stop right here and, um, and make mention of this because we're still, even though Christmas has come and gone, um, I, as every year I hear debates going on among religious people and a lot of even ministry today is saying that, you know, it's, it's not uh, definite that Mary was a virgin, uh, that, um, uh, that, 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 that word can also be translated uh, a young maiden, not necessarily meaning virgin uh, there in the, in the Old Testament. But I'm going to tell you something. It was necessary that Christ be born of a virgin. If Mary was not a virgin, his sacrifice 
would not have been a perfect sacrifice, and we are still found the same way as the Old Testament people. Hallelujah. Jesus was not born with inbred sin like you and I. Hallelujah. His was the perfect blood needed to atone and cleanse the sins of mankind. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Verse 15, And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Can everybody say praise the Lord on that? So the sacrifice that Jesus made was a better sacrifice when he sacrificed himself. Now there's there's an old gospel song that a lot have sang, um, and um, I probably have uh, have I've sung it myself. It's a it's a pretty song. Uh, it's it's got uh, some beautiful words. Uh, the song says, "I should have been crucified. I should have been the one who suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in his place." But Jesus, God's Son, took my place. Now, I understand the concept of that, but if I had been the one to die for my sin, it wouldn't have worked. If you had been the one to die for your sin, it wouldn't have worked because it, it would take pure blood, blood without sin, to make the atonement. Hallelujah. God knew what he was doing. Hallelujah. When he sent Jesus, can you say amen? Hallelujah. So that's the better sacrifice, and I'm so thankful that we got that that we can depend upon, that we can look to today. So we come to the point of our lesson where I ask if anybody got any comments or got any questions over what we talked about this evening. know that, um, go back to Genesis, uh, that after that conversation between Abraham and Isaac, and uh, Abraham raised up his hand with a knife in his hand, and he said, before the sickness had come down, uh, there was an angel of God came and stayed him, called out to Abraham, and it's after that point, they heard a noise, and they, they seemed around, and he called in the thicket. When Abraham made that statement that God would provide himself a lamb, 
It was not only talking about that time, but it was looking especially down through time, talking about what Hebrews wrote about, about Jesus coming. He, he was a type and a shadow. So, I mean, yes, you can cut that down. 